Hey, this is Matt. Just wanted to let you know that Series 1 is still on break. By next month, my workload should start to go back to a normal pace for my day job. But until then, I thought I would take this opportunity to finish narrating my story, My Very Strange Neighbor and My Very Unsightly Back, with Part 3. The first part of this story originally aired back in January of 2016, And part two aired earlier behind this one, so you may want to go back and check out those past episodes before listening to this one if you need to get caught up. Now with that being said, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and narrated by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This episode is titled, My Very Strange Neighbor and My Very Unsightly Back, Part 3. The command for the dual geese to attack came when Keeney's mouth separated and opened, when her pale, rubbery, raspberry lips split and her lipstick teeth emerged from behind them, when the tucks of her mouth corners became folds for an expanding maw, when the dark black of her throat began to issue the sing-song voice I had only come to loathe all too well as a dull pink tongue flopped around her gums like a dying fish. That sound, that awful, horrible sound of her singing, it seemed to bring the miscreant vermin together in one mind. The tune seemed to unite them and provide them with something that could override their instincts, and it was me who they were focusing upon with their strange little hands and salivating mouths. I did only what I thought I could and not what I thought I should. The remaining blobs of flesh were in such pain, after all, existing in a state of torture. Through the link with my own unsightly back, I knew that they desperately craved relief from their suffering. I reached out to the shelf that held them in their jars and yanked it down to the ground, smashing their transparent cells into hundreds of shards of broken glass. And the creatures... The geese, Well, they descended upon them. The promise of sweet desire come true as they feasted upon the living pieces of flesh. Like a box of treats had spilled across the floor for a pack of greedy hounds. Ravenous, uncontrolled, the vermin didn't even take care to avoid the broken glass. They ripped and chomped and chewed, even on each other by mistake. The floor became a flurry of bright red blood from fresh lacerations as the glass cut into the vermin, opening them from the inside by gutting their bellies. And as they lay dying, those poor pitiful vermin, their gorging stomachs ripping themselves open, 
To my extreme horror, I witnessed the rebirth of the creature twofold. That's right. It must have been the way those face-pooping rat creatures reproduced, when their bulging, undulating bellies ruptured from the sharp glass. Two smaller dulgies emerged. They were underdeveloped and new to the world, almost cute in a stunted, horrifically fiendish way. Their ears were tiny, their tails underdeveloped, and they had little stubs for hands where the front arms had not fully grown in. When they emerged from the gut of their parent, they tilted their heads towards the ceiling, noticing the song of their new mother, Kini M. Keeley. That's when they became truly terrible. I wasn't about to stick around and find out if the new host were any less terrifying than their parents. I snatched up my very unsightly back and bounded for the front door as fast as I could. Charging down the stairwell, my fleshy companion held close to my breast, like a mother cuddles a newborn baby to keep it safe. From it, I could feel the emanation of... of... well, of a feeling of gratitude. A warm sense of approval, so satisfyingly comfortable that I nearly stopped fleeing altogether. It was a strange sensation. It made my chest feel pronounced like a bird unfurling majestic feathers. It made my arms feel strong, and it made my shoulders feel doubly wide. It made my legs feel like jelly, and my feet like soft sponges. This feeling we shared was so distracting that I failed to notice my dad smack in front of me as I was fleeing. We crashed right into each other during my hurried descent from the worst thing ever. This was my dad, and he was home, and he was in my way. When we collided, my hands went out into the air and I lost my very unsightly back, which slipped harmlessly from my fingers. Through the air it tumbled, receptacle and everything, all the way to the bottom stoop, across the checkered linoleum, and mere inches from the door. Gosh, I'm sorry, said my dad, rubbing himself down as if to make sure nothing was broken. All the business upstairs must have alerted him that things were not right. He must have come up to investigate when I was missing down in our place in 2A. It's my fault, actually, I tried to tell him. I wasn't watching where I was going. I dusted myself off through the confusion of it all, and seemingly shaken the problem of pursuing vermin from my farthest thoughts. Now my only concern was being discovered as the harbinger of a mound of flesh who had dutifully rippled in place safely still in its receptacle, patiently waiting pleasantly for me to retrieve it. Well, it's no bother, said my dad. I was just meandering a bit before bed. He said this as if it was something completely normal to do, and it wasn't. That's when I noticed something even stranger, as my dad turned around and made his way to the bottom stoop, straight towards my very unsightly back. Oh, what would I do when it was found? How would I explain such a thing? What is this, then? 
he asked, leaning over to examine it. Don't touch that, I warned. It's my, it's my, it's mine. Then there was that thing I noticed, the strange set of marks in my dad's flesh. It started across the shoulder and ran along the base of his neck. When I peered down at him, as he reached down to retrieve my helpless, very unsightly back, there I saw something that made me reach back, back towards where my finger stroked the skin right above my buttocks. There my fingertips found crude stitches, and seeing them now on my dad, they looked like giant puffy mounds of pink dough that had been haphazardly stapled together. That's when I absently looked towards whence my dad had come. The door to our apartment was standing wide open, where my dad must have rushed forth from to impede my hurried escape. On that door read 2A. It read 2A just like on one of the jars upstairs. One of the jars that held a piece of flesh. One so horribly gnawed upon that it looked like an animal's chew toy that had been chewed up to bits. You're part of this, I said aloud, so that he could hear me. You're part of this, and I don't know how or why exactly. My clenching hands made fists, but not before they were joined together, as if they were always meant to be this way, combined for one simple task. I raised them up in the air above my head and brought them to bear down upon my unsuspecting father, who really hadn't been himself ever since we moved in. I gave such a forceful pendulum swing that it toppled my dad straight down to the floor, laying him out across the checkered linoleum, his arms flailing and legs kicking wildly. I couldn't help but feel bad at the sight. He looked like a poor swimmer drowning and gasping for air. Then my dad groaned and rolled from a still position till he was flat on his back, staring up at me. So I took this as a golden opportunity, an opportunity to find out what's what. What's going on here? I asked, with both pointing fingers on the straight and narrow mark towards justice. Justice for my very unsightly back, of which that chunk of my skin huddled in the doorway, trembling like a frightened pet. Its soft, undulating pink flesh rippled reflectively as if waiting for the very worst to happen. To accompany this pitiful sight was the emanation of its unbridled fear. It was almost palpable causing me to spit several times just to release such a horrible taste from my mouth. I reached down to grab it up, to protect it from harm, and hold it close. She's responsible, you know, gurgled my dad from his unpleasant position of defeat. She makes them. She poisons everyone in the building, and they grow on our bodies. Why? I demand. Why would somebody do such a thing? It's the pipes, he says, as if speaking to nobody in particular. She pours the stuff down the pipes, you see, and she sings that damn song while she's doing it, too. 
What I did see was that his eyes never focused on my features. The blank stare was meaningless as it looked past me. The words were spoken just to be spoken, regardless of what I had asked for. Now it made sense. How he was wandering around, the door to our apartment wide open, meandering about in the stairwell at just the right time as I came rushing down the final stage of rescuing my unsightly back. The purpose was to make me stop, make me wait and hang on every word. Meanwhile, the horde of Keeney's rat creatures silently stalked their prey. You're in league with her, I accused but the revelation came much too late to be of any use. Keeney's creatures were upon us then, clicking and ticking and squeaking as loud as ever. Now there was no reason to keep stalking silently. They scurried across the ceiling, along the walls, sliding down the stair rails, and swarming over my shoes, like a carpet of dark, blotchy, fumbling, squirming vermin, who tumbled and crashed and sent one another sprawling, justified from the desire to hunger and drool for that impossible taste of promised flesh. That thing I cradled so delicately in my palms. The harvest! I could hear my dad say, rising to his feet and blocking the door to secure the way out from our now completely failed escape. You've been listening to My Very Strange Neighbor and My Very Unsightly Back, Part 3. Written and narrated by Matt Herzberg. Copyright Wednesday, April 25th, 2018. The intro music for this episode is done by Kevin McLeod. For more information, check the show notes in this episode's description. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stop by. Say hi.